am Diane Melvin, Director of Religious Education. And for the rest of you, hi, I miss you guys. While I miss the activities that are taking place at People's Church this um, winter, I have to say I'm extremely grateful for the gift and uh, time in the sabbatical. It's been really rewarding. And I just want to do a special shout-out of thanks for those of you who are uh, covering for my absence. I really appreciate it. I want you to know that I'm following through on the goals that I set for myself for my sabbatical. Um, I'm engaged in a pretty intense Buddhist study program right now called Lojong, which is um, an ancient mind training program designed to um, cultivate a compassionate heart and a wisdom mind. Um, and I'm complementing that with two hours of daily meditation to really bring these um, core ideas and principles into the, into the core of my being. Uh, it's been really rich and rewarding. I'm so grateful for the time to be able to do it. Um, in addition to that, I'm doing yoga, working out at the gym, eating healthy, walking in the woods with my cat, um, reading books, writing. Uh, this time has been so rewarding, and it's exactly what I needed, so I'm just extremely grateful. So even though I'm on sabbatical and um, I'm on a Facebook hiatus right now, I, I, I want you to know that I am still aware of what's going on in the world today. And um, these are perilous times that we're living in. Uh, never before have our values um, found in Unitarian Universalism at People's Church been more needed in our country. Uh, freedom, um, justice, acceptance of diversity. I mean, these values go back over 400 years in Unitarian Universalism. And... Um, they're just imperative right now. And standing on the side of love have become, has become one of the hallmarks of our faith. And uh, we are desperately needed to be standing on the side of those most vulnerable in our country today. Um, our community at People's Church can be a vital source of uh, perspective and support as we're trying to figure out how to live in these perilous times. Um, and respond and be a part of the resistance in ways that are meaningful and sustainable. And also here we can find our companions uh, on the journey as we stand together, rooted in love, working for peace and justice to create the kind of world that we want to live in, the, a kind of world that um, accepts all people regardless of their religion or their race or their um, country of origin, their sexual orientation or their gender identity, the kind of world where all life on this planet is valued and protected on our Mother Earth. For the last 162 years, People's Church has been a beacon of religious, religious, of liberal religious values um, in the Kalamazoo area. And um, while we are grateful for our predecessors, um, it's now our time to carry the flame. It's our turn to support our congregation so we can continue in our vital work. Um, so with that, I, I'd like to thank you in advance for generously contributing your time, your talent, and your treasure to our capital campaign and our stewardship drive. Together, we make a positive, a powerful impact a powerful difference.
blessed be. Good morning. All right. Um, so it's March now. Um, some of you might remember about this time last year, um, our church was discussing sponsoring a refugee family. And uh, we were one of the first churches in the area to actually sign up with um, Bethany Christian Services to host a family. At that time, while we were having these discussions, it was an environment in which hate was being normalized in the presidential election, with politicians blatantly telling the electorate that the dignity and value of all human beings was just a nice to have, and that the most vulnerable could be used as a bargaining chip or a distractor. Watching the politics was shaking me to the core. I found myself uh, waking up in the middle of the night multiple times to check my phone to see if you know religious freedoms were being attacked, LGBT rights were being attacked, and they were by the minute. But in the meantime, during all of this last summer, um, some of you might know Vicki Kanzen. Vicki Kanzen was starting up a refugee-focused ESL class every Saturday at the KIC, the mosque in town. Um, these classes were needed for Arabic speakers who needed to learn the Roman alphabet, and they also needed to learn from left to right. This is a difference than um, typical ESL learners, like Spanish speakers, that already know how to learn, how, how they know the Roman alphabet and how to read from left to right. So this was different for us. So while Vicky was forging that, in the meantime, um, I was tag-teaming with the Kalamazoo Refugee Council. For those of you who don't know, the Kalamazoo Refugee Council, or the KRC, was um, started by Pastor Mark. He's a Lutheran pastor on the WMU campus. Um, it was a community meeting um, which, uh, between the resettlement agencies, Bethany and Samaritus, volunteers, um, and concerned citizens, and they would connect to discuss, you know, recent developments. But it became fairly clear last fall when we were getting a couple of families every week that we needed to have a more formal organization um, so that the volunteers could coordinate resources uh, to provide durable refugee solutions. So I started um, working with Pastor Mark to move the KRC towards a more conventional organization. One of the first things that was done was uh, we set up the KRC website and we started to channel uh, volunteers that hit the website and, and send them to Vicky's ESL program at the mosque. Um, we, I can honestly say now we have hundreds of people who may never have stepped inside a mosque or a place of worship different than their own. It's not uncommon now, uncommon now rather, to hear Catholics and Methodists and Jews say, yeah, I was hanging out at the mosque on Saturday afternoon. And this is pervasive now throughout the Kalamazoo area. 
Um, we started weaving that tapestry of knowledge and acceptance in our community. We have sent out ambassadors now. Um, and now the next steps are is we're beginning to uh, organize the KRC into a 501c3. This will enable us to use uh, the metro care vans to transport refugee to Vicky's ESL classes. And most recently, we had an opportunity to apply for a, a professional ESL teacher, get a grant for it rather, and it will be the only program available for refugees this summer. Ann Feldmeyer wrote up the grant application. Vicky developed the budget. Um, the one thing that we were missing was a fiduciary. Uh, fiduciary is kind of an organization that helps you with your accounting so the IRS doesn't get mad at you. Um, and you do that if you don't have a 501c3 status. You can have this other organization covering for you. So I, I knocked on three to four doors asking for a fiduciary in the community, and all of them declined. You know, and we needed this. I'm sorry, I forgot to say this. We needed this in order to apply for Ann's grant application with Western. But in a, a very... Um, so, you know, I was declined three to four times, um, but my people's people, in a very humbling moment... Um, three days before the grant application was due, had an emergency meeting in a very humble moment said that we're going to do this. And they supported, this church supported being KRC's fiduciary so that we could accept this grant from Western and provide this summer ESL class. <laughs> There were a lot of people involved. I mean, there were meetings going to 11 o'clock at night, just a couple, the 48 hours before the grant application was due. It was pretty amazing. Uh, one of my board members was pleasantly shocked when people's offered to be the fiduciary. And, you know, I casually mentioned to her, well, you know, people's is a very powerful church. And she said, well, apparently. <laughs> so, you know, there are other programs that are now being launched in coordination with this um, KRC organization. They include uh, psychosocial trauma counseling, uh, small business development, and most recently, if you guys are on the Facebook site, there are some pieces being put together for a uh, refugee children's orchestra in town with the Gilmore Foundation kicking in a few thousand dollars to get that started. All of this has happened literally in the last year. And I will go out on the limb to say, but it's a pretty sure thing, that the conception of all these events started in this church. <clears throat> so while the haters might stay at home and, pass, you know, and post nasty things online, one thing that I've learned is that the good people come out in these times, and they come out together to move mountains. You know, We're not all doctors, but we can definitely all be healers, and the work that we do will never be forgotten. Um, I can tell you, as coming from an immigrant family, those that held out their hand for us, um, they were never forgotten. You know, that, that love that is provided is a memory that never dies for these families on the receiving end. So, you know, we all have various resources. Some have financial resources, some have time. And when people's people coordinate our resources together, we do move mountains. I can tell you now with the progress occurring in our community with immigrant rights, I get better sleep now. I don't check my phone as much. I've realized that the most, with, with one of the most important aspects of our work is that we spread peace, not only outside in our community, but even within ourselves. So with that said, um, I please urge you to please continue to be generous, 
with your finances and time for this church and keep it, keep it strong. Good morning. morning. Fifty-nine years ago, on a mid-March Sunday, I first stepped into People's Church. My fiancé and I were students, church shopping, to find a church where we could get honestly married. We didn't want to promise what we didn't believe of mainline Christian tenants from our childhoods. The service that day centered on democratic principles of American independence. Where had this place with its civic religion been all our lives? After that one experience, we committed to a path we had never before realized existed and didn't yet know much about. During our graduate years, we took advantage of discussions faculty members hosted in their homes and for which we read a mimeograph background primer from Boston called Introduction to Unitarianism. By that time, the merger of the American Unitarian and Universalist Associations had just occurred, and I was pregnant with our first child. Weekly church attendance would have to wait until we settled ourselves somewhere after school, and back to Kalamazoo we came, and Peoples became our church. Membership-phobic that is having some philosophical aversion to becoming a member of any organization, does not describe me. I think when I was in the fourth grade, the Girl Scouts of America became my first membership organization. Besides learning to be prepared, being a member meant participating actively in fundraising. Then, by selling big sugar cookies door-to-door for 50 cents a box. Supporting people's church in some concrete way can take many forms. Yes, I have shown up on Sunday mornings. I've participated in various activities, served on innumerable committees, taught in the IRE program, raised funds, attended annual and regional and special meetings, even general assembly at a national level, and taken opportunities to promote the church while sharing my particular talents and developing into the person I really am. As fellow members, I expect you to do many of these things too. Why? Though God may watch over the sparrow, People's depends on us. If you are going to belong to something, Tim, there is no free lunch. (laughs) Somebody pays. 
Responsibly, we cannot take without giving something. Dignity in fairly claiming your individual membership benefits comes in proportion to what you are willing to contribute according to your means. Over my lifetime, my means have varied wildly. The people's canvasser who once visited me, uh, what we would now call an ambassador. Then I was a single mom with three kids and a job that provided housing, but few actual take-home dollars. The canvasser, who is now deceased, was very surprised that I could pledge at all. Now, as a semi-retiree, it is I who am amazed at what my means have allowed me to do. When a priest asked my college son in premarital counseling if he had been baptized, he phoned home to find out. (laughs) No, I told him, you were never baptized. But you were dedicated at peoples to the highest and noblest aspirations of humanity. By the way, the only Sunday this son ever missed being in an RE class from preschool on was Super Bowl Sunday of his senior year in high school. (laughs) The people who built the environment here at Peoples helped raise all my children to be independent, responsible adults with both ideal and practical values for living creative and useful lives as grateful compensation for rewarding child-rearing and personal development, I pledge according to my means. That's the why, but what about the how? I was raised by a very strong mother who lived through the Great Depression and paid 10 cents every month to an insurance salesman who collected at our front door. She watched every penny come and mostly go, but passed on a practical lesson for me that my kids have also heard more than once. However much you earn, give 10%. Save 10% and live on the rest. If grandma did it, and I'm doing it, so can you. Of all the organizations that solicit our contributions, it's primarily the local groups, like churches, that have the fewest number of supporters to draw upon. Therefore, the largest of my giveaway funds goes to my church, and the smallest to international endeavors. Heed not the only tit-for-tat golden rule, but sometimes stretch 10% more to make up for subjective error. Being prepared to support one last three-year campaign for people's building expansion is important. We must finish what we started six years ago, and in my lifetime, please. (laughs) Continue to be persistent, tenacious, dogged, whatever you call it, just like the old People's People softball team was once coached. Never give up until the game is over and the mortgage debt canceled. You, remember, you may remember my presentation this morning as more of a Dutch uncle talk than an invitation to generosity. But that's who I really am, 
and thank you for listening. To love the hell out of this world, one must be a little foolish. To pull up stakes, relocate, take charge, hold the tension, help find direction to a larger love. Forgiving, yet holding strong to principles and those things that last, prophesy, predict, nurture dreams, embrace a vision, step up, say enough of your truth, let others speak, let it be called to be who you are. A loving presence is good upon a church's soul. But is that enough or just the beginning? Righteous action calls today and every day. Read, write the poetry and pray, encourage, inspire others, and dance this dance of gratitude. This poem was originally written for Reverend Rachel's installation here at People's Church a year ago. It's for the minister, but it's for this church, the people, you and me, who we are called, who we are, and who we are called to be. It's about being our best loving selves, and it's about taking action. Today's reminder to step forward and to do our part, however humble. In this place, I've been surrounded by love, mostly. I've had a few differences with people here and there, and, but those are small potatoes. And I've been encouraged and inspired to build pasties and poems, serve on the board, teach teenagers. And when I've had to pull back because of my wife's illness, Wendy's illness, and I needed to focus on her and her health, you brought me food, you brought us flowers, you sent us comics and love notes. I am so grateful. This is a dance, you know the best kind. We are all needed to step forward, to be gracious, to be generous, for all that it takes to encourage and inspire one another, for all that it takes to encourage and inspire a struggling world. Thank you. Choose to bless the world. Your gifts, whatever you discover them to be, can be used to bless or curse the world. The mind's power, the strength of the hands, the reaches of the heart, the gift of speaking, listening, imagining, seeing, waiting. Any of these can serve to feed the hungry, 
bind up wounds, welcome the stranger, praise what is sacred, do the work of justice, or offer love. But any of these can also draw down the prison door, hoard bread, abandon the poor, obscure what is holy, comply with injustice, or withhold love. You must answer this question. What will you do with your gifts? Choose to bless the world. The choice to bless the world is more than an act of will, a moving forward into the world with the intention to do good. It is an act of recognition, a confession of surprise, a grateful acknowledgement that in the midst of a broken world, unspeakable beauty, grace, and mystery abide. There is an embrace of kindness that encompasses all life, even yours. And while there is injustice, anesthetization, or evil, there moves a holy disturbance, a benevolent rage, a revolutionary love, protesting, urging, insisting, that which is sacred will not be defiled. Those who bless the world live their life as a gesture of thanks for this beauty and this rage. The choice to bless the world can take you into solitude to search for the sources of power and grace, native wisdom, healing, and liberation. More, the choice will draw you into community, the endeavor shared, the heritage passed on, the companionship of struggle, the importance of keeping faith, the life of ritual and praise, the comfort of human friendship, the company of earth, the chorus of life welcoming you. None of us alone can save the world. Together, that is another possibility waiting. None of us alone can save the world. Together, that is another possibility, waiting. We know this. We have heard Diane, Nina, the other Diane, and Don state this so beautifully this morning. This is why we gather together Sunday after Sunday. We know the power of joining together. We know the power of joining our voices in song and joining together to educate our children 
and joining together to support one another in hard times and joining together to make a difference in our world. People's people choose to bless the world in so many ways. None of us alone can save the world. Together, that is another possibility waiting. And those of you familiar with how we do things around here know by now and have known it over and over and over again that this is our stewardship kickoff. This is the service where you are asked to be generous. This service begins six Sundays where we'll be talking more about money than we do in the rest of the church year combined, probably then several times over. So if this is your first Sunday with us, please know that we do a lot more here than talk about money. We also talk about religion and death and sex and all kinds of other challenging, vitally important things. We explore together what it means to live with integrity, and financial generosity is a piece of that. What we do here matters. You know that. That's why you're here right now when you could be anywhere else. That's why you came here on this leap daylight savings day when you, that extra hour of sleep would have been wonderful, but you are here. That's why you're here on Tuesday mornings for our building and grounds work group or every first and third Tuesday night for the young adult group or so many other groups that gather in our space. That's why you sign up to do things and join committees. That's why we'll be helping to set out the tables for lunch at when this service ends. And a few especially important and valuable people will be staying late to wash all the dishes. People's people choose to bless the world in so many ways. None of us alone can save the world. Together, that is another possibility waiting. So today, I invite you to reflect on giving generously to support People's Church. Our stewardship campaign this year includes three pieces, our annual operating budget, our capital campaign, and legacy giving. So first, our operating budget. And if you hear only one thing of all that I say today, hear this, give generously to our operating budget. The operating budget is the core of who we are. It's how you pay my salary and the salaries of our wonderful staff. It's how we keep the lights on and the snow plowed. It pays for all of the supplies and curricula used in religious education classes. If we aren't funding our annual operating budget, the rest doesn't matter. And as many of you know, our ambition has been outstripping our resources in recent years. We've been using reserves to balance the budget. We've been cutting committee budgets and freezing staff salaries. I came to you last October to ask for a special supplementary gifts to get us through the current fiscal year. And you all gave more than I asked for which was amazing. So please continue that generosity. Please continue to be generous. Especially if you're new here or new to church in general, it might be hard to know what generosity might mean. We know that everyone's financial circumstances are different. We've heard Diane say, give 10% away. And not all of us can live into that, and that's real. 
So I spent some time with my husband talking about our finances, and I've decided that I'll, I'm giving 3% of my income to People's Church this year. And for me, that's a stretch. My family is balancing student loans and childcare costs and all the regular living expenses, and we support two churches. I'm here at People's Church, and my husband worships at St. Luke's, as many of you know. So for us, 3% feels really generous. And I will feel proud of that gift, and I will feel its impact in my budget, but I won't resent it. So it's that sweet spot that I'm asking all of you to find. I will feel good as I write those checks over the next year, knowing that the money is doing good and important work in the world. So I invite you in the coming weeks to reflect on what amount will feel generous and attainable for you. Perhaps you'll join me at 3% or Diane at 10%, although we know she gives to a lot of things. Perhaps you can give a different number because you know what makes sense for you. And with our generosity combined, we will sustain the important programs and ministries of this community for another year. The second part of our stewardship campaign is paying off our capital debt. Several years ago, you all expanded this building, and it was an ambitious project. Everything beyond the double doors at the side of the foyer is new. The offices, the classrooms, the elevator, the entryway. It increased our capacity for meetings and religious education and made our facility more accessible and welcoming. This ambitious project cost about $1.5 million, and we have about a third of that left to pay off. Church leaders debated about what to do about this and finally decided we need to just pay it off and be done. We need to finish this job. So I hope you join me in giving generously to the capital campaign, making an extra gift on top of the annual operating gift. Some of you were here when that decision to expand was made. Some of you, like me, came later. We enjoy the expansion without giving it much thought, and I cannot, for the life of me, imagine how you all fit before. It just makes no sense. I don't understand where the space was. It's up to all of us, newcomers and those who've been here for a while, to step into the tradition of generosity well established here at People's and pay off this debt. Because being debt-free will give us the financial flexibility to live out our mission and vision in new and exciting ways. Meet the needs of the world as they appear. Meet the needs of our community as they appear. So please join me in helping make this a reality. And the final piece of our stewardship campaign is legacy giving. That is, including the church in your estate plans. End-of-life gifts make a tremendous difference to our church. One example is that the resurfacing and the expansion of our parking lot that we did last summer was paid for with a legacy gift. It was a significant and necessary expense for our church, and a person who loved this church very much allowed us to go ahead with it without coming to the whole congregation to raise money again or adding to our debt. It was a beautiful gift to our church that will make a difference for at least a generation. 
So I encourage you all to include the church and other causes that you care about in your estate planning and how your assets are distributed when you die. I hope you join me in this as well. I have included People's Church as a beneficiary in my retirement account. So if there's money in that account when I die, People's Church will get 10% of it. At this point, it's nowhere near new parking lot money, (laughs) but it's something. And it matters to me that my resources will support this institution that speaks out for liberal religious values when I no longer have a voice to do so. I just covered a lot here. There's a lot of pieces in this campaign, and it's probably too much to absorb in one sitting, and you're not going to be tested on it as we, before you can have lunch or anything like that. So over, and we know this. So over the next few weeks, about 100 of you will be visited by stewardship ambassadors. They will get to know you and speak with you in more detail about all of this and answer any questions you might have. They might tell you their story about being a supporter of People's Church and why this church matters to them. Everyone will be receiving mailings with pledge packets in a few weeks, which will also go into all of this in more detail. In the meantime, I invite you to reflect on what this church means to you and how you can generously support it with your money. We're going to have a celebratory end to this campaign on April 16th, with people turning in their pledges as part of a big intergenerational service spectacular that we're still planning, but it's going to be spectacular. So may you take time in the coming weeks to reflect on the important work of our church and the important role it plays in your life. May you be moved to generously support our church. And may we all remember, none of us can save the world alone, but together, that is another possibility waiting. May it be so. May we make it so. And amen.